Morocco and Croatia will have a rematch in the FIFA World Cup third place game in Qatar on Saturday night. The last time they met during the group stage, it was a slow and boring scoreless draw. The coming game will be the final appearance for both Croatia and Morocco in Qatar. What kind of performance will they make this time? Welcome back to CGTN Sports Talk. I am Li Xiang, and I'm glad to be joined by my colleague Josh here. Great to be back. So, do you think the two teams will change their style playing this time instead of just holding back and defending, guarding? They will attacking and making an opener game. I think so, because that's the thing with the third place playoff is it's generally considered maybe the most pointless game in all of football because. At this point, both of the teams know they can't win anything. Like, if you win, you get the third place medal. But because of the the way the the um, sport is played, it doesn't really work that way. Like, it's not really a bronze medal in the same way that a hundred meters is, because you can see clearly one, two, and three. Whereas the silver medal, so to speak, is just the team who lost the final. So, I think it all comes down to the mentality of the players and the coach in the sense of do they really want to play for this or not. Um, the thing with the third place playoff, though, is even though I do think it's a very pointless game and a lot of teams, players, coaches do, it's always a lot of fun because in so many cases, it does just become a game where there's almost no defense and they're just going for it. So... I think that it's going to be very, very different to what we saw in the group stage. Mm. According to Croatian's forward uh, Kramaric, he said if any player or uh, if their team or Morocco can win the bronze medal in the World Cup, it will make every of them the hero of their country. Does this mean they actually are passionate for this, the result of this game, or it's just you know diplomatic lyrics? Well, th- well, that's it with Morocco is. They've overperformed to such a degree that for them, this will be a monumental thing to win because it's actually a trophy. It's actually a medal. You know, that, that's the thing that it's kind of hard to describe here in the sense of this is one of those things that no one really takes seriously. But if you are a country like Morocco, who've never won anything before, well, well, it's still a trophy. It's still something that's actually been won. So I can almost see this being a case where for the first time ever, we have a third place game, which has the feeling of a final Mm -hmm. because you have Morocco who, if they get this, it just adds an extra layer to their story, almost like cements it in reality because they have medals to take home and prove that they got there. And then Croatia on the other side of things, I don't think for them it's that big a deal. However, when you're against a team who take it so seriously, well, then you almost get dragged into it yourselves to make sure you don't end up being humiliated. So I could see this being, even though I assume it will be a lot more open than their clash in the group stage, I could see this being almost as tense as a final. Mm. When you said it's going to be an interesting and more open game, I was wondering that, say, I think there's um, still some differences in the performance of Luka Modric between his himself in Croatia, the national team, and in Real Madrid. So in this game, they have no pressure. 
They only have to play for maybe for fun, for pride, for respect. So, is there any way that Modric is gonna play a little bit differently, more like himself in Real Madrid, which I think is more aggressive when he was playing for Croatia on Saturday night? Well, now you mention it, I almost think that is gonna make this more serious for Croatia because, like I was saying, for I was thinking they would take this seriously because. The Moroccans would take it seriously, but if you think about it, well, this is probably going to be Modric's last game mm. for the team, if not for the team, for the team in the World Cup. If he hangs around for two more years, I could see that he's still remarkably spry for thirty-seven years of age. Um, so, if this is going to be his last game, going out with a medal, even if it's something as simple as the third place bronze medal, you could see him really turning it on and playing as hard as he can for this. However, at the same time, you are right. He, he plays so differently for his club team, Real Madrid, who always reach massive finals, be it La Liga, be Champions League, what have you. I wonder if, the with the pressure being off, whether that's going to allow him to play that style or if there is going to be pressure to win something and it's going to make him play a bit more intense than we would expect. Mm. On Morocco's side, is there any player so far with his performance in the World Cup that gave you a totally different impression from the one you had before over them? To be fair, you could say that about pretty much the entire team because mm -hmm. so many of these players, Ziyech, Hakimi, they play for PSG, they play for these big teams where they are something of a one-off. And what typically happens or what you imagine is happening with this Morocco side is when I saw them, I assumed they would be like um, Switzerland were a few years ago, where it's Granit Xhaka, Sherdan Shakiri, and then a bunch of guys you've never heard of being dragged along by those star players. Whereas instead, I'm thinking more about, say, Amrabat or Enesri, the guy who scored against Portugal, as being these players who I'd never really seen before. When I look them up, they play for, say, Genk in Belgium, or they play lower down in Premier League teams, things like that. And instead, they've been very surprising and very, like, very good as a cohesive unit. There hasn't really been this need to have your star players. Yes, that right wing with Ziyech and Hakimi has been where most of the attacking players come from. But that has only been successful because the rest of the team has worked together so well. So I can't really say there's been a standout player. Instead, it's been a standout team performance. Uh, as of the rest 30 teams, which team to you personally is your biggest disappointment? For me, I, I think of all of them in terms of disappointment, the biggest disappointment has to be Uruguay. Mm. Because... It felt like the team that had the perfect blend of veterans with new talent and that kind of combination is what you want to get into. I mean, you think about, say, Nicolas Otamendi, Lionel Messi carrying this team with a lot of younger players. DePaul, for example, with Argentina, that's got them to the final. I really expected Uruguay to be similar. But instead, just when things got together, just as... Suarez and Cavani felt like they were linking up properly with, say, Darwin Nunes. 
they got knocked out and that was it. That was the end of their tournament. So I, I feel like they had so much more to give and they just couldn't get it together in time because that's the thing with the group stage. You are allowed one mistake and from there you have to win your remaining two, otherwise you go home and they just couldn't get it done in time. Yeah, uh, to me, the biggest there are two disappointments. One is Spain, though I don't、mm-hmm. really support the team the way they were knocked out, and the way that they didn't learn from their losses was just like this team. What is there for you to be hopeful about them? The、yeah. other one is Germany. This is like you、mm. lost in the same way last time, and you lost in the same way again in four years. And the thing is, you don't have that many young players like Spain do. They at least they ha- these guys have a, not, a lot of time to learn, a lot of space to make progress. I don't see that for a lot of or most of Germany's players. I I'm really concerned about their future. Not in four years, in two years, or worse, in one year if they really qualify for the Euros. I mean, in many ways, the fact I didn't mention either of those teams is almost worse because I didn't really expect much from either of them. Like、yeah. you say with Spain. They have been. They got the semi-finals of the Euros, and then to see them play the way they did in this tournament, you are right. No lessons learned, and it made me think like maybe they will grind their way, but it's not good enough to be to the heights that they were in 2010. And then Germany, I was expecting a lot from Hansi Flick, and then when I saw them playing in a very non-Bayern Munich way. And I see that they are struggling for goals, and it just doesn't look like the Germany team of old. And by Germany team of old, I'm literally going back to like the days of Franz Beckenbauer, Lothar Matthäus, like those whole generations of just quality players, quality teams. I really don't know what's going on with Germany at the moment, but they need a complete rebrand. So in the semi-finals, the four berths went to two European teams: one South African team and one Afri-、oh, sorry, one South American team and one African team. Based on how many spots each continent has, this is a pretty fair pattern. And the rise of Africa, the rise of Morocco, was a change.、Uh, Asian teams have not really made enough progress to change this pattern. But how do you rate the Asian teams' performances in the World Cup? Like remarkably, remarkably well because they all all the Asian teams that progressed, they got there fairly.、Mm-hmm. You know, there was no case of like, oh, they nicked a goal or they were playing against a team that was hampered with injuries. You know, Japan played incredibly well, and if it wasn't for their complete lack of killer instinct when it came to the penalties. You could have saw them going even further in the tournament.、Um, I feel like looking at South Korea, they are a generation behind the rest. I would say, in the sense that they are still a bit too reliant on one or two star players. But the progress they have had since two thousand and two is remarkable in a way that. I've seen the development of the J League.、Mm. Now I'm interested to see. If what developments are happening in the K League, because obviously good stuff is happening for them to reach this level. The only thing is, is we've seen certain countries reach a, a standard and then drop off. Like I think about Iceland when they knocked 
England out of the Euros, that wasn't a fluke. That was because the Iceland FA were developing the sport, making sure that the pitches were ice-free, they were indoors, things like that. But then they reached a level and did not progress. They couldn't get over that particular hump. They are a very small country. Korea is bigger, but still not even to the size of, say, you know, Croatia, for example. So I think that they are on their way to developing, but they're still not there. Whereas Japan, I think, are if they can develop with like a striker, like get some get a real serious goal scorer or something, mm-hmm. I would not be shocked if they end up in the Morocco position in four years' time. Wow, that's very that's a, that's such a high praise for the Japanese team. That's I didn't expect that. Seriously, I didn't really. Um, I know a lot of players are about to or have already made their last appearance in the World Cup. Uh, Messi aside, because he still has one the most important game to play. Say uh, Robert Lewandowski of Poland, Cristiano Ronaldo of Portugal. These guys will not, and even Modric. These guys will not appear in four years. Which of them do you think can actually say, "I have finished my career in the best way I could. I have nothing to regret." And which of these guys do you say they should feel lucky that they got out now instead of you know getting it done in a more in an uglier way? Hmm. I think the one who can basically be feel that way is Luka Modric because mm-hmm. he's reached a final. Um, he's probably going to take home a medal from this tournament. You look at the size of Croatia, it's only 4 million people. It's really been a golden generation that has not succeeded to the best of... It's not succeeded in terms of winning things, but for the best of their ability, I think... That that's they've very much done well for themselves. The problem with the others is they simply haven't been surrounded by enough quality to get that far. Like I feel like the worst one will be Ronaldo mm. because he not only didn't win anything at this tournament, but he played very poorly. And him coming on in that game where they got eliminated by Morocco. Mm. Basically, set that team back. He shouldn't have been brought on with that much time remaining. Bring him on five, ten minutes to have like a killer instinct. But otherwise, I feel like he will look at his time here and see that they peaked when they won the Euros. But in terms of World Cup, they underperformed. True. So, of the four teams that lost in the quarterfinals, say the Netherlands, Brazil, England, and Portugal. Do you think any of them have a better chance in four years or in a rematch? I feel like England. If that England are probably the the improving team mm. of that bunch, I would say, because you look at that France game and they were basically winning it for large chunks of time, and it's simply a case of the quality of Giroud, of Griezmann, of Mbappe. That carried them over, which, to be fair, is what you need in a tournament like this. You need to be able to win when you're not playing well. But I look at that England squad, and I look at the younger players coming through, like Bukayo Saka, Jude Bellingham, and I feel like there's a pretty bright future ahead. Even though, I, because I guess I'm so used to not seeing England, England win, I almost look at this team as being the 
new Croatia in the sense of the team that always gets there or thereabouts, the team that always makes it to a final or a semi-final, but perhaps doesn't really get over the hump. Um, although that being said, I feel like of everything I've seen so far, it sounds kind of crazy, but I would say the most inspirational performance, the thing that I could see having the most influence going forward is the Netherlands and specifically the way they played against Argentina when they brought on Voveghorst. Mm-hmm. Because the one recurring theme that has haunted players and haunted teams throughout this tournament has been the lack of goals, lack of finishing. The obvious example is Spain. But you look also throughout, let's say, Germany having to rely on Nicholas Fulkrug. He's like, what, late 20s, plays for Werder Bremen. It's not a star striker. You're looking at other teams that are playing be it um, Croatian or having Mandzukic, or basically you are looking at a, a a contemporary football culture that is so focused on vers- versatility and midfielders and wingers who can kind of do it all. There's no real go-ahead striker, no real committed number nine anymore. But you saw how much that changed the game when he came on for the Netherlands. So I have a really strong feeling that based on the teams that didn't do so well and the lack of goals, you, there's going to be academies and trainers all across Europe who are going to be looking at players who are, let's say, the size of a Virgil van Dijk, mm. and suddenly they're going to turn around, and instead of being like, okay, you're going to be the centre-back, they're going to turn around and okay, you're going to be the centre-forward, and suddenly you're going to have these guys who are 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", big guys, powerful guys, suddenly I feel like the target man is going to come back into focus. And I think it's all going to be because of Valveghost. Yeah, you know, that's very interesting because say when, say you're a manager and your team is on the edge of losing and you got a free kick, maybe a corner kick, then you send all of your center backs, because usually they're the big guys and they're good at shooting headers, all to the front to get the desperate chance. This usually is a desperate move. And now that through this World Cup, the desperate move becomes the normal move, the regular one that every team should actually look at and add it into their future plan for team development. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because because that's it. Like, I think the the trend typically is is teams and players look at who won and be like, okay, we need to copy off that. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think people are going to be looking at this and thinking, Spain had a great squad. What did they lack? Goals. Germany to get the ball moving forward, but when they got there, what happened? No goals. Yeah, they got. I think that's going to be the recurring theme throughout all of this, and people are going to learn from that. And I feel like, you no, know, football is cyclical. It was Tiki Taka, then it was Gagan Press. I feel like we are on the verge of the big centre forward, the target man coming back into it. And I think so much for the day. Thank you for listening. Hopefully, we'll be hearing from you guys very soon tomorrow. See ya. Speak to you then. Bye-bye.